to have you with us here on another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. It's the Icon, and we're looking back at K-State's 45-0 win over Southeast Missouri. Uh, a dominating performance uh, by Kansas State. Pitching a shutout here in the season opener for the second straight year. Uh, really getting off to a great start uh, as the Cats uh, jump up to number 15 in the latest AP poll, and we'll get into a, a little bit more of that uh, in what happened around the conference here a little bit later. But uh, let's first uh, take a look here at K-State's 45 nothing win over SEMO. Uh, you know, complete domination. K-State held uh, Southeast Missouri State to a measly six rushing yards on 26 attempts. Uh, K-State completely shut down the ground game for for SEMO, and that was really kind of what they were going to be leaning on going into this game. Uh, They were known as, uh, in the FCS, as one of the better rushing teams for K-State to go out and hold them to six yards rushing on 26 attempts. is is pretty darn impressive. So uh, when you look at what uh, the K-State defense uh, put out there, Obviously, whenever you pitch a shutout, uh, that's always a good thing. But uh, this team looked like it was in midseason form. One other thing that was really nice, uh, at least on that side of the ball, was you got a lot of guys rotated in. I think I saw something like that. Over 70 guys played uh, for K-State on Saturday. Uh, you'll love to see, uh, in an early season game like this, you'll love to see uh, some of the, uh, the new faces uh, get a chance to get into the action for the first time. And they certainly got to do that. Um, but while you know there were some new faces, which we'll we'll get to here in a little bit, uh, defensively is where I'm going to lead off here with my three big takeaways. And uh, defense was suffocating, and it was led by uh, some of the um, the upperclassmen here. Austin Moore uh, thought played a really good game, six total tackles, three tackles for loss, and a sack. Uh, Kobe Savage uh, was making his his uh, presence felt uh, early and often. And then you did have some newcomers. Uh, Will Lee thought he played a, a really good game kind of in his first uh, Power 5 football action. And then Jacob Parrish, who not a newcomer uh, by any stretch, uh, but he really looked the part of a lead corner, thought he played a really strong game. And then, you know, you have the guys that you wanted to kind of see on the defensive line. Uh, Khalid Duke, uh, Nate Matlack, both with sacks. Uh, guys that were, were in and around. Brendan Mott was, was flying around too. K-State had 11 tackles for loss. And you could go up and down. It was really evenly d- d- dispersed. Austin Moore with three uh, leads the way there. But a lot of guys were getting into the action, which you love to see. Uh, Uso Sayamalu, who there was a little bit of question earlier in the week if he was going to be available. Uh, he got uh, got in there. And when he's, when he's in the game, you can tell there's – uh, he makes a huge difference. I mean, that he can really control the line of scrimmage. He commands a double team. Uh, any opportunity that uh, they're looking to run the ball, he's going to be getting double teamed, uh, which really leads uh, to letting those linebackers flow and make plays. I uh, thought he played well. I thought uh, Eli Leo played well as well at, at the defensive tackle position. Uh, another guy uh, with Banks uh, getting into the mix there. He's not going to show up in the box score necessarily, but I thought he played a, played a, a good uh, a good defensive tackle, uh, nose guard for K State, and you know I'll be I'll be interested to see as that rotation continues uh, to 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 get some a little bit more traction together. Thought I was I was really happy to see Uso out there first and foremost, but um, he continues to show those flashes uh, of being a really special player. So defensively, when you pitch a shutout. 
not much that you can uh, really pick at. Thought that this defensive performance w- was really uh, was really encouraging. And uh, as we get to talking about Troy here a little bit later, uh, the the defense uh, will will have another challenge here uh, with uh, the nation's leading rusher here after week one. So. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, point number two that I want to make is uh, the offense being explosive. Uh, I mean, gosh, you have two guys, R.J. Garcia. He goes for five receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Ben Sinnott, five catches for 100 yards. First two uh, pass catches for K-State to go over 100 in the same game since uh, the combo of Tyler Lockett and Curry Sexton. I mean, these guys, uh, R.J. Garcia really kind of getting thrust in here a little bit. Uh, no Keegan Johnson available uh, on Saturday. Really kind of took into uh, that um, into that number one wide receiver. Uh, he was number one wide receiver, of course, on, on Saturday. We'll look forward to seeing if he can uh, continue to uh, to to continue to track that way. Thought he was he was great to see. You know, a little bit of shiftiness. You can see definitely in the run after catch. He does a good job of getting open, climbing his has mentioned that that he does a really good job of running routes and getting open. He had some great separation, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, him continue to to uh, gain some confidence and grow increasingly confident in that role. Uh, Senate w- was awesome. I think I, I saw a text message from 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 one of my buddies in the group that uh, said, you know, he might be the best tight end that K State's ever had. And I think by the end of the, by the end of this year, he's going to look pretty darn favorably in those record books. Uh, off to a great start this season, five catches for 100 yards. He did have that one fumble uh, that I believe RJ was right all over too. Um, so he was uh, RJ was helping out his his uh, pass catching mate there with uh, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, you look for Ben Sennett to get to continue uh, a really strong start to the season. Uh, Philip Brooks. Uh, consistent six catches for 40 yards. You know what you're kind of dealing with him at, out of the slot. And then Jaden Jackson gets K-State on the board here this season with the first touchdown. Uh, as we were posting that out uh, on, on, I believe it was on Friday, asking folks who was going to be their number one, or who was going to be the uh, first touchdown of the season. There were a lot of, lot of predictions in there. I think there were over 30 or so, uh, but Jaden Jackson didn't come up for one. So a little bit off the radar, uh, but he holds in a, a, a nice uh, deep post route from Will Howard uh, for thirty-three for a thirty-three yard touchdown uh, to get it started for the Cats. It was really nice to see him uh, get into uh, get into the mix early and uh, make a big big impact as well. I look for that to be another continued build build on that. And while I'm not sure exactly what the situation is going to be with Keegan Johnson, with his availability going forward, with, with him being a little bit nicked up, it sounds like. It, nice to be able to see Jaden Jackson get into the mix right away and um, and really contribute uh, right right there for the first touchdown of the season. Uh, in terms of, we talked a little bit about the, the, uh, the receivers. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the running backs. Uh, 40 carries for 228 yards uh, was what K-State did on the ground. Uh, DJ Giddens goes over 100. He has 128. Treshawn Ward at 56 yards on 11 carries. Really a nice combo. Uh, I mean, you see what you know what you're going to kind of get with DJ Giddens. Physical downhill runner. Uh, reads the reads the uh, the zone blocking scheme well and be, is able to make those cuts with Treshawn Ward. We mentioned this in the uh, in the preview podcast. 
very patient runner, but when he when he uh, finds that opening, uses that agility and makes that cut and, and can really uh, has a nice burst uh, to get to that next level. So was really great seeing what I think is going to be a, a very good two headed monster for K State at the running back position, and uh, I look forward to seeing what those guys continue to do uh, against increased level of competition. But uh, feel really good about uh, the, the running back situation. Uh, Colin Klein did a good job getting them in, in situations where they're both on the field at the same time. I look for that to continue because when you have those two running backs out there, it gives you a little bit more multiplicity on the offensive side of the ball. Let's folks know that, hey, you know, don't necessarily know which way you're going to be running the ball because with, with, a, uh, with a running back on the, uh, to, to the right of the quarterback, you know, odds are if they're going to be getting the ball, it's either going to be up the gut or to the left. And uh, when you have two of those guys back there in the backfield, it makes it a little bit tougher for defenses to uh, to guess that. So offense off to a great start. Will Howard, uh, pretty efficient, 18 of 26, uh, just short of 300 yards at 297. Did have the one interception uh, where he got uh, a little bit of pressure in his uh, lap and, and under threw a ball. Had a couple of bad decisions, uh, was only really punished uh, on that one, but overall a pretty darn solid game uh, for Will Howard. So when you look at the offense as a whole, uh, hanging 45, and they could have definitely you know pushed the you know pushed the envelope a little bit more. Kleiman said you know they didn't get out to it as hot of a start as they would have liked to. Uh, when you look at the line score, seven points in the first quarter, uh, seven points in the fourth quarter, three points in the third quarter, but a 28 point second quarter. Uh, put K-State in commanding position in this one, which uh, they never uh, really relinquished. So those are the first two uh, big bullet points here uh, on the on the CMO review. Uh, the last one I'm going to mention here is uh, the freshman flashing. And when I mentioned that, uh, of course, everyone uh, looks at Avery Johnson, three, uh, three of four passing, 55 yards. Uh, but what he did on the ground, five carries for 32 yards and a touchdown, uh, the elusiveness, the speed, uh, it gave K-State fans uh, their first look at Avery Johnson in purple. And, uh, gosh, you, you really see an explosive athlete that has some really game-changing potential. Uh, the guy has uh, really elite speed. And got. I was wondering when, we were, when he got in there and he got the first call, I was wondering, well, hopefully we get to see him throw the ball a little bit. And uh, we did, of course, and he, he hit a, a nice one to Trey Spivey for 24 yards. Uh, so a freshman-to-freshman connection there. Trey Spivey is a guy that uh, we mentioned here in, in the early editions of this uh, preview podcast. Uh, and, you know, that's a guy that's got that big frame, big size. Uh, that's going to be a great combination to watch here for, for years to come. Gave K-State fans a little bit of a glimpse uh, for what Avery Johnson uh, can do uh, in, in purple and, and also what a, a connection might look between him and Trey Spivey. So in, in addition to uh, those guys uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Joe Jackson got in there uh, for, for some carries as well. Uh, Jack Fabris, he got into the action as a freshman. Uh, you go down the line, Wesley Fair got into the mix as well, another true freshman. So when, when you're able to play uh, – several of these true freshmen in these uh, games where you have a little bit of garbage time. Always good to get that opportunity. And uh, for K-State, 
there was a, a good quarter and a half almost of where you could get guys rotated in uh, as you wanted to. Uh, so the freshmen get some opportunity there, uh, especially leading the way there with Avery Johnson, uh, certainly a bullet point number three. So to wrap it up, K-State uh, dominating 45-0 win over uh, Southeast Missouri State. Uh, K-State dominated the game early on. Uh, I go back to the defense here. I mean, gosh, 26 carries for so- Southeast Missouri for six yards. Uh, that's going to get tested a little bit here this weekend against Troy. But uh, a really good start to the season for this K-State defense. And one other thing I want to mention, uh, maybe not its own separate bullet point, but hey, how about Chris Tennant coming in here, making all of his kicks, uh, made all of his uh, extra point attempts, and then hits one from 51 yards uh, right there at the start of the third quarter. Thought that was really good to see uh, just from a confidence standpoint. The guy's got plenty of leg. Uh, I mean, on that 51-yarder, it would have been good from probably 60. But uh, confidence, you you didn't know quite where that was going to be at uh, here entering 2023. But in his first uh, big test, uh, he comes up with, with, a, with an A-plus there. So good to see that from that. In, in terms of uh, how this season opener went for K-State, you couldn't really uh, classify it uh, as anything else other than great. Uh, an easy rocking chair win, getting to see some young guys get in the game, and uh, alleviating some of the concerns that you may have had, whether if it was the kicking game. Uh, for me, that was one. That was nice to see uh, some... Um, some, some solidity there with that. So that'll do it here for the Southeast Missouri State Review. So we'll go ahead and jump in to looking at K-State's Week 2 opponent, the Troy Trojans. Week 2 brings the Troy Trojans into Manhattan for a, a matchup of uh, two teams last year that uh, definitely exceeded expectations. Uh, K-State, of course, winning the Big 12 title. Uh, Troy going 12-2 and last year under first-year coach John Sumrall. Uh, this will be a nice little matchup here, a nice little test here for K-State. Uh, certainly a step up from SEMO. Uh, Troy, uh, as I mentioned, 12-2 and last year, uh, won their bowl game, won the Sun Belt. Uh, a really uh, a nice program down there in the Sun Belt for sure. But really when you come and look at this game, I think K-State should be in pretty darn good shape. Uh, but let's, let's give a little bit of a look here at Troy. Uh, they caught their season kicked off with a 48-30 to win over Stephen F. Austin. And uh, the, the name to know here when it comes to uh, the Troy Trojans is Kamani Vidal. Uh, he is your nation's leading rusher uh, in terms of yards per game. He's got, he had 248 yards uh, against SFA, and he's going to be a guy that K-State's going to be, be keen on. With what uh, Troy, I, I had a chance to watch a little bit uh, of the highlights of that game and getting to see a little bit about what the, the Troy Trojans do offensively. And, you know, a lot of zone concept on the run game, kind of what you're similar to, to seeing here throughout most teams here in the Big 12. I look for K-State to be able to, to really put the clamps on. I mean, as I mentioned, holding uh, Southeast Missouri to – to six yards rushing. I think K-State won't necessarily hold Troy to six yards rushing, but I think they'll make it very difficult uh, for Troy to get much going on the ground. And then Gunnar Watson, uh, the, the quarterback for Troy, uh, a guy who's been around. He's played a lot of football. This is his sixth year. And, uh, you know, last game, 14 to 22, four touchdowns, one interception. You know, nothing that really st- sticks out in terms of their passing game as something to be really concerned about. 
I, I think K-State will be able to hold down this Troy offense uh, pretty well. And I, I think that uh, with what K-State's able to do defensively, in terms of what they did last week in the running game, it will definitely be a step up, but I think K-State will be ready for the task there. In terms of what uh, Troy does defensively, uh, they're rated pretty pretty well here by um, by various in, by various metrics, whether if it's S and P Plus on ESPN or the uh, FEI rankings. Uh, they FEI ranks their defense as the 42nd best defense, uh, S and P as the 38th. So kind of in that same same uh, same tier there. S and P ranks. Troy is number 62 overall in the country, uh, both kind of offense and defensive combined, uh, FEI at 67. So kind of in that mid-60s, along the likes of uh, BYU, West Virginia, uh, KU, uh, let's see, go ahead here, Purdue, Virginia Tech. So you kind of have an idea of what to expect there. Should be a good test for K-State, but I think this is a game that K-State should be able to handle here pretty darn well. Uh, nothing really gives if K State's able to shut down the run and make uh, make Watson beat him with with the uh, with the passing game. I, I think that's a recipe that doesn't really uh, factor in very well for Troy. If that's if if I think that K State's going to be able to to shut them down the way I do, uh, I look for K State to win this game pretty darn easily. I like to see K State get a little bit going here in the offense as well, where they were able to get both Ben Sinnott. And R.J. Garcia, uh, over 100 yards. Don't know if you're necessarily going to quite see that, but I like to see a, a balanced passing game. And then uh, the, the two-headed monster of uh, D.J. Giddens and Treshawn Ward to combine right for around 200 yards. All that to say, I like K-State uh, comfortably in this one. I like K-State winning this one 45-14. to 14. All right, so up next here on the Short Side Option Podcast is uh, our newest segment. And that's our Wildcat Weather Watch. And to my right, I have a weather woman Sarah, and she is ready to fire. Now she did a pretty, she had a pretty easy assignment, week one. I mean, anyone with a brain could look out there and say it was going to be miserably hot and roasty toasty. I believe is the roasty toasty is right. Yeah, is <laughs> the term. So, um, weather woman Sarah, what do you got for us this week? Fire away. Well, you're right. This weekend, I get to hone and show off my weather woman skills a little more than last weekend. Last weekend's forecast was pretty much boiling hot and sunny. And I have great news for Wildcats fans this week. The weather is looking a little cooler, so you still may need your sunscreen. You still may be a little sweaty by the end of the game. But the high for Saturday is 93 degrees. It is going to be mostly sunny, about a 20% average cloud cover throughout the day, so we'll see Sprinkles of clouds, getting some shade throughout That's, the season. Be, I don't think there was any cloud cover at all on Saturday against SEMA week one. I don't think there was a cloud in the tri-state area. Yeah, you are correct. So sunrise will be around 7 a.m. It will be probably start off in the upper 70s, lower 80s, and then by kickoff we'll be good to go. Now, is wind going to be a factor this, this, uh, this week? I know last week it was blowing pretty good. Um, out of the uh, out of the south, uh, is is that something that we need to keep an eye on this week? You know, average wind speed will be about seven miles per hour. There may be a gust of twelve miles per hour, but that shouldn't impact our our quarterback legend Will Howard. 
Yeah, well, let's let's hope that it not, and hopefully it gives you know some extra range there to to Chris Tennant. Now, an east wind, a little bit of a crosswind, you don't see too much out of the bill. So something to keep an eye on here for sure. Uh, so Sarah, let's uh, let's fire away here. Uh, K State one and zero on the season. Uh, I'm calling for a 45-14 win over Troy week two. A lot of folks are a little bit worried about this game, thinking that Troy, you know, can can they be the group of five? Um, the group of five assassin that's played K-State here over the last couple of years. How do you see this game going? Well, you know, some people may not have heard of Troy. They may hear we're playing Troy and say, who's that? Who's Troy? What's, Where is that? Yeah. What's their mascot? You know, I think the Wildcats will roll to victory. My prediction is close to yours, Chris. I think you may have snuck into my Weather Woman notes. I'm predicting 42-13. to 42-13. Cats will roll. Uh, a rolling to purple for Kansas State, 42-13 via a weather woman, Sarah, there. So, well, uh, Sarah, thank you for your weather forecast. Uh, we're hoping for a little bit of a cool down here, and uh, we'll catch you here on the next one. Sounds good. Go Cats. All right, great job there by weather girl Sarah. Does a, does a great job here for us here on the short side option, giving us all of our uh, meteorological data and uh, getting us prepared here uh, for, for Saturday's game against Troy. So, Great job by her, and we'll we'll uh, we'll move right in here to uh, our Ask the Icon segment. Just a real short one here this week, and uh, Tyler H gets to start off uh, on a scale from Vince Young to Cam Newton. How good a college quarterback is Avery Johnson going to be? It's a great question. I think to answer that the best way I can, I think he's going to be really good. I don't think he's going to be quite in that tier, but I think he's going to lead K State uh, to not one but two Big Twelve titles. So. Uh, pretty darn good. I don't know if Vince Young led Texas to multiple Big 12 titles. Pretty sure he only led them to one. So uh, Avery one-ups Vince in that regard. So, um, And then uh, next here is from Powercat Ryan, Ryan Moss. Uh, does the combo of Will Howard and Avery Johnson rival the quarterback room of Michael Bishop and Jonathan Beasley? So that's a really interesting question. Um, I think right now you would have to say Will Howard's probably a tick above uh, the kind of – in terms of a talent-wise, a little bit of a tick above Jonathan Beasley. Different day and age. I, I understand that uh, all, all good and well. But his question is, does the combo top uh, of, of Will and Avery top Michael Bishop and Jonathan Beasley? At this point, I have to say no. Uh, Michael, Bees, Michael Bishop, um, a, um, a college football Hall of Famer, uh, greatest quarterback in K-State history. Uh, can't quite go there yet, but uh, is it in the future? I'll answer that with a, uh, with a strong perhaps. Uh, but as as I stand here on, on September 5th, I won't go quite that far yet. But uh, good question there by Ryan as he fires away and hops into the mix here on the short side option. Uh, now David Saban uh, at, at Saban Nation, he asked, how much would we, the loyal listeners of the short side option podcast, have to pony up for you, the icon, to take a full speed hit from Toby Osunsumi. Um, I think that there's a saying out there, the limit does not exist. And that would be the monetary price tag that I would have to be able to put on that. I don't, I don't think there would be an amount of money that uh, would that I would you know just jump out there for, for, for kicks, and, kicks and grins on. But, um, you know... And what David's mentioning here is uh, Toby absolutely just eviscerated 
uh, one of Southeast Missouri State's uh, running backs in in a uh, in a in a clip that had been kind of circulated on Twitter. There there were several of those. Uh, this is a guy that um, that uh, is absolutely just flying around out there on those on those uh, obvious passing situations. A guy that has some great athleticism, great strength, and great explosiveness. That's a, a, a passing or that's a situation that's absolutely made for him. And uh, I look for him to continue to flourish in that role. And, and, to, and to, salt, to send us off here on the Ask the Icon segment, uh, from our, our good friend Trim at Trim Goema, he says, Icon, how, is your, how has your summer been so far? And, well, summer is, is rapidly coming to an end, but the summer's been tremendous, and uh, we're excited to get into fall. And we're excited to have you uh, continuing to fire away here on the Short Side Options Ask the Icon segment. And to wrap us up here tonight, we'll be moving on into... Our pick three and outs. All right, and to wrap it up on this week's episode of the short side option, it's our pick three and out segment where last week we went two and one, could have been three and zero oh if it wasn't for James Franklin uh, punching in a late one there against West Virginia. Uh, but we're gonna look to uh, to get right back uh, at it here and have another winning week, and uh, we're gonna lead off here with K State uh, at minus sixteen and a half. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I like K-State to win this game 45-14 over Troy. That gives you plenty of room uh, there at 16.5. So I feel like K-State's offense is going to be able uh, to attack Troy very balanced, uh, running the ball, throwing the ball, uh, maybe get Keegan Johnson back. That, that would certainly you know add to that passing uh, repertoire for K-State. But I think that uh, really more than anything, I think K-State's going to be able to shut down Troy's running game and uh, make them try to beat you through the air, which I don't think is a winning combination for Troy. Uh, I think K-State uh, has this game at, at about a two-touchdown uh, disparity uh, around halftime and then, and then really extends it out there in the second half. Uh, I'd like them to, uh, to, to, to definitely get under that 16-and-a-half uh, and roll this thing pretty, pretty easily. Um, up next, I'm going to go a little bit of a heavier line than I would like to normally uh, give out here, but I'm going to take it anyway. I'm going to take Arkansas minus 38 against Kent State. Uh, Kent State got absolutely embarrassed by UCF here uh, last Thursday, and I see more of the same coming for, for the Golden Flashes. Uh, Arkansas with uh, Rocket Sanders and, and K.J. Jefferson, great one-two punch there from the quarterback and running back standpoint. Uh, the line I said is at 38 points. So I, I think if you're thinking that um, if Kent State can only um, – I think Arkansas is going to score at least 50. Um, I can't really see Kent State scoring more than two touchdowns. If if you get to the point where it's – you know, 52-14 is a push, I guess, and that's probably about where they – you know, you can see that maybe getting to. But – I don't see Kent State scoring more than that, than probably uh, ten points, and I certainly see Arkansas getting into the fifties. So, I'll uh, I'll take Arkansas. It's a little bit, a little bit high of a line for me. I don't usually like to lay thirty-eight point favorites, but in this case, I will. I think Arkansas's ground game will get rolling, and uh, even in in a late game situation, we'll be able to be pretty productive there against Kent State. So I'll take Arkansas minus thirty-eight, and then finally. Uh, in, in a week that there's kind of some fun lines out there and some ones that leave, your, leave you kind of scratching your head with Colorado only a three-point favorite over Nebraska, uh, Oregon going to Lubbock at six-and-a-half-point favorites after 
after Texas Tech comes a little bit hobbling in against Wyoming. Uh, I'm going to stick away from those ones, and I'm going to go with another Big 12 team here, and I'm going to go Oklahoma minus 15.5 against SMU. I think OU here in Brent Venable's second season's really getting it rolling, especially on the offensive side of the ball where they, they really took it to uh, Arkansas State, hammering them 73 nothing. I think was the final there. Um, I, in this game, really, it com- what it comes down to for me is I think the, o- the athlete at OU is just going to be a little too much for, for what SMU's uh, accustomed to seeing. And I also think that this Oklahoma defense, um, now granted it is against Arkansas State, Showed a little bit of improvement. Uh, I think there I saw a, a stat that they only missed like two tackles against Arkansas State. I think that this Oklahoma defense uh, could could be one of the better ones in the Big 12. I think the whole thing, though, with Oklahoma is just how consistent are they going to be week in, week out. This will be a good test for them. I mean, with SMU, you're going to get a, a team – um, out of the American, soon to be out of the uh, the ACC, as hard as that is to believe, uh, that uh, it will will provide a pretty good test there offensively. Brett Lashley uh, has been there, or has has a good offensive mind, and is a guy that's going to um, going to try to help usher in SMU into the uh, the future there uh, with the uh, the the ACC. But in this game, I think with, with whether if it's um, the Oklahoma defense putting the clamps down on SMU, and then just Dylan Gabriel and that offense uh, running pretty, running the ball well uh, on the ground and then getting the ball out uh, to the wide receivers that they have. Uh, Dylan Gabriel was really good last week, over 300 yards for three touchdowns. Granted, against Arkansas State, maybe I'm buying a little bit high here on Oklahoma. Uh, this one is probably the one I'm maybe least confident on in, in uh, out, of the, out of the three, but – uh, I'll go ahead and, and I'll, I'll take Oklahoma to win this game by about three touchdowns, uh, so covering that 15.5 point spread. So that'll do it here for the pick three and outs. Uh, like I said, 2-1 and one last week. Hopefully we can uh, replicate that here again this week. Uh, as I mentioned, we're, we're circling back around on it again here, but K-State and Troy this week uh, should be a better test for K-State uh, after coming off of a really uh, dominating performance against SEMO. When, when what I'm looking forward to is just kind of getting uh, some further guys back in, into the rotation. Would love to see, um, would love to see a little bit uh, of Keegan Johnson in there on the offensive side of the ball, uh, and then just continuing to play some guys on defense, getting some getting some depth, getting some reps in there, uh, because K State's got a big one uh, the following week uh, on the road in Columbia against the Missouri Tigers, and that's a game that K State fans. And Missouri fans alike have been looking forward to here uh, during the offseason. So just a week away from that one, we'll be sure to have something uh, for you here next week. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled on what that might be. I'm still kind of trying to figure out schedules and all that stuff, but uh, should look to have something here for you uh, here next week before that Missouri game. So that'll do it here for this edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. As always, thanks again for listening, and go Cats.